overcome. There we go. <laughs> that was loud. I know. I don't know why it was that loud. I don't know why it was that loud, but it, it was. But mental health. Mental health, mental health is a big one. Um, just within the black community, the trans community, and men, like it is a big thing. So, what, what part of mental health do you want to talk about? Um, how to just deal with it? Cause we're going through that shit, and we're trying to help people go through that shit. So we just trying to basically. Yeah. And how to balance it out and not let it control you. Yeah. yeah. I think, honestly, just for like my personal experience with mental health, and I know this probably be, this probably could be part of yours because as much as you and I talk, right? Like when you first get hit, when you first get diagnosed, when you first start noticing symptoms of like depression and all that, like there's no way to navigate it because you don't even know the word for it sometimes. And as you and I both diagnosed with B, wow, as you and I both diagnosed with uh, BPD, you know, borderline personality disorder for anybody that doesn't know, like that's hard to navigate. Cause like, it's a personality disorder, you know, like it's something that that's way more, not saying way more um, complicated, but cause everybody's personal experience with any type of disorder um, especially when it comes to mental health and mental illness, it it's complicated, right? But when you had no recollection of BPD before, didn't even know what the word meant, didn't even know personality disorders existed like that, and then you get diagnosed with it, it's like, where do we like, like you said, like where do we, where do we start to figure out like a pattern or like a way to help ourselves? And I think just for, for me, one thing that I started to do was um, I wrote it last night on my story, which was just like about seeing pros that I used to see as cons within this personality disorder. So like I said, like, you know, for me personally, my likes and dislikes change so often because I'm trying to find some self-identity, trying to find like a personality and it, it, at first I thought it was a con because I'm just like, I'm not ever going to be a person. Like I'm always just going to be a shell of a person. And it made it hard for me to like connect with people because I'm like, this is all I am. Like, I don't have a personality. I don't have an identity. I'm just here. I'm just vibing, right? Like I'm just floating on this rock, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just on this earth in the middle of a galaxy, just chilling. Like there's no way, but um you know, after finally like just journaling, crying it out, getting angry at myself and just like a lot of conversations were just between us. Um, it helped me realize that like, it's okay to kind of go through those motions. And I know people will say like, oh, well, everybody goes through their likes and dislikes. And that's true, but it's also different when you have a personality disorder that that's literally the whole point. That's the biggest point of it. And um, I see it as a pro because now like I can connect with so many different people instead of some like instead of me just being into one type of music, I'm into several. So I can talk to several different people about music, even if I only know very little about it. So I guess for me, it's just I started to 
the way to navigate and kind of get myself comfortable with my uh, disorder and comfortable just with how I'm living is just starting to see that's pros. Yeah. <laughs> and just people usually get diagnosed and they're thrown to figure it out for themselves. So like you said, it's hard to, you know, detect and try to pinpoint those different things when no one is teaching you how to deal with them. Yes. It's good to have somebody that deals with the same thing as you because y'all can both help each other like you and me. We talk almost every day. Yeah. But I think think that helps us, though, because that builds a routine, and that's something I know you and I both need in order to, like, basically survive is, like, a routine. So for us, even if we talk for a little bit in the beginning of the day, but then we talk and we unload at the end of the day and we do things together on the phone, like, you know, like, that's perfectly fine because it builds a routine for us to do where, you know, like, hey, like, we can get this routine out no matter what. And it helps us kind of build our routine throughout the day. You know, it's like when you and I are not on the phone, if you and I aren't texting, like I'm at work, you're doing your own thing. Or when you're at work and I'm not here, like I'm just sitting at home, right? Like we're, we're building this routine of like, you know, we wake up, we pray, we do this, we do that, go to work, you know, school even. And then we come home, play the game, pray, go to sleep. Like, you know, like I think us talking so often, it helps us really build this routine of pattern that, we didn't see with people in our life and that we didn't see consistently in our lives. So I think because we're building it and it's because, you know, we can rely on each other, we're reliable, right? It helps us because like, we didn't get that. We like, we probably got some of it. Um, I could say I got a little bit of it, but at the same time, like we didn't get it enough to where it's like, hey, like I could just build a routine right on this spot and it'd be fine. Because a couple of times, a couple of days, we don't do our routine at all, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. I did not call Ty last night. Why, right? You know, or it's like, you know, you leave like, yo, like, we didn't even speak for most of the day, right? But we know that we're reliable enough that if you needed to call me, I'll pick up. And if I need to call you, you pick up, like, no matter the circumstance. And that's just something that also I realized builds into personality disorders because something had to happen. Um, if I remember correctly, personality disorders come from trauma, come from some sort of negligence that happened within our childhood. And I feel like that is a big part for me. And I could say a little bit for you, but definitely for me, like a big part of it is like having reliability, but not always having that reliability at the same time. And so, yeah. That's why I cherish this friendship because we met for a fucking reason. Yeah, and we met so random too. Like, it was random. It was random. Maybe we was going through the same things. We're going through the same things now, but we're helping each other. Yeah. Like, without you, I don't know where the fuck I would be. Like, I, I feel the same way. Like, I'd be like, yo, like, I feel like I would have been lost it if I didn't have Ty. Like, I feel like I would have been like, yo, like, I don't even want to do anything anymore. Like, I think this is it. Right. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have I feel like you and I wouldn't even be pushing for our goals if you and I weren't there for each other. Cause I feel like you and I both would just be like, I know <laughs> life keep hitting me. Like life keep throwing bricks at me and they keep hitting me. Like I'm just about to call it quits. But you and I, like we're because we have each other, like we're building to that point where it's like, yo, like you life can throw these bricks and we gonna eat them and keep going. Like 
<laughs> and it's hard. It's honest, it's absolutely hard. There's days and you and I are both like, I don't even know if this isn't even if this is even worth it. Like I don't even know if my goal is even worth it. And you and I gotta pull each other up. But I like how it's not like a toxic thing. And I know you and I both have been through those toxic things of like, you know, somebody we know is in the rut. You try to help them, they drag you down with like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute, chill. I'm trying to help you and you dragging me down with you. Like, chill, chill. But I like that you and I try to always like, even if you and I both are in that hole together, we always, we help each other climb out. Like, yeah. yeah. Again, that goes back to the reliability part. Like, we're reliable. Like, we there. Well, it's definitely like, if you're down, I'm going to try to pick you up. If I'm down, you pick me up. We don't, we don't, like both be sad at the same time like trying to feel sorry for ourselves we try to get out of those like you said yeah absolutely 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 that's no. good but it's a lot of, i don't know i know a lot of trans kids deal with the family issues of family not being supportive and you feel like you have to change yourself for them. You don't want to be yourself because you're worried about their opinions. Absolutely. That's what I deal with as well. But we should like, I feel like we should like make um, affirmations for the trans kids. Yeah. You know, make affirmations, routines, Start them off. I think I think we can absolutely do that because you know, starting AJ's youth, I see and I talk to trans people all the time, mostly trans men or um, non-binary people, but a lot of trans young men um, because that's just the age demographic that AJ youth plays. But like, even speaking to them and knowing like hey, like my family doesn't even support me or, you know, like I don't even know what to do with myself, right? Like I feel like we need to build a bigger community for the younger trans people. And I know the, the trans community can, can might get upset a little bit, but I feel like to me personally, the younger trans community, they're not seen. They feel like, I, I feel like, and just by what I see on Instagram or what I see on social media and what I see on Reddit and all that, because I pay attention to all those things. I constantly see that they are, they are not validated, that they're not heard, that they feel like they don't have trans brothers and sisters because some of them that are older, like even our age and older, treat them like they're less than because they're 13 or 14 years old. Um, then they're like, hey, like I'm trans, like I'm a trans man. And I can even say for myself, I don't know for you, but when I was 13 and I was trying to, I was Googling it and I was on Reddit and I was on Tumblr, right? Because, you know, on Reddit and Tumblr, you don't have to show your face to talk to people. Um, But, you know, I was posting on the forum on Reddit, like, hey, like, you know, like I'm trans and I'm this age and it's like, I don't know what's going on. And yeah, like some supportive comments and another comments I was just like, no. Now, like you're you're just you're just a kid and blah 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 and I'm like I'm 13 and I've been feeling this way since I was three. That's a decade of me feeling this way. And you're gonna tell me that I'm not. And I feel like because of social media and because of all the new 
um, I don't know if I can call it sexualities, but all the different uh, umbrella terms that go under trans, like the transgender umbrella, like demisexual and all of this stuff. I feel like for trans kids that do try to come out, I feel like it's harder for them, especially if they like anime. I see that, especially if they like anime or they like any type of furry related things, but they're trans, right? Or they like especially cosplaying as well. People will eat them up because you want to be a guy, but you're cosplaying as a girl. It's a character. They're just they're they're playing a character, you know. Like they like to them, this is the, this is just a character. And if it is more than that, then that's just them. But these people aren't. Some of them aren't living their life as this cosplayer, right? They're not living as this character. They just like to do it. But especially on TikTok, like a trans person can't be a furry without getting misgendered and getting hate and basically getting their account taken down just because they posted something age appropriate, right? They can post something age appropriate but because it's a furry, it blows up and it becomes this big meme and then it costs lives, right? And I feel like, especially just looking through 2020, like we have the highest rate of trans suicide and murder, right? Like and trans suicides are kids like these are children like one of them i followed a memorial page she was only like 13 right and i'm like this is this is sickening because the rates are getting higher and higher over the years and it's like that's not that's not the case like our mental health like mental health is not a game like how hard is it to respect somebody's pronouns and i get it with family Family is something that's hard, and I get it. Family's hard to cut off. It's hard It's hard to get away from them when you live under their roof, right? And you have to deal with them 24-7, right? But at school, out in the, the, the random parts of your world and your society, nobody, and I feel like nobody, no matter how long you've known them, should be misgendering you. And again, family's absolutely, I, I'll put family in a different category because family is so, depending on the type of family you're in, it's built off of this, like, I'm an adult, so I'm right, you're a kid, you're wrong type thing. And you see it a lot now in Gen Z when they post about their parents. Not, not a, a lot of us come from really great homes. Um, we come from very toxic and emotionally abusive, physically abusive, mentally abusive households. So even if they are, like, hey, like, I support you. They turn around and might use that against you. Like, hey, I don't have to support you. Like, I don't have to accept you transitioning. I don't have to use your your name and blah, 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 right? But I think as a random citizen on the internet, on the random citizen just out in the world and you see them, they tell you, hey, I go by he, him, she, her, they, them, and the other pronouns that I have trouble pronouncing, right? I feel like all you have to do is say, okay, and keep pushing like I don't like I don't I hate when I hear like okay but no no like just say okay I'll call you that like okay I'll say those pronouns okay I'll do that like there's no reason like I think what people because we're so used to it like men look a men look a certain way and women look a certain way but there's men out there that have curvy hips there's yeah. men out there that got a feminine body shape, right? And I guess to some people that that's a biological male, you know, that's a, a, a cisgender male, right? That can be, that looks 
has a body very feminine. Like there's women that have bodies that are very masculine. So for all of a sudden, trans people come and they look exactly like other men and women, it's a, oh, well, you don't look like a man or you don't look like a woman. But there's men out there that do look very feminine and there's women out there that do look very masculine. Like there's, there's no issue with that. But I think because of society, social media and the movies, just the industry, we have to look like Chris Pratt. We have to look like Idris Elba to like to get approved. Or if we are trans, we have to set our standards to look like other trans men. And let's be honest, when you first started transitioning, what, what trans men or either trans men or a group of trans men that you looked at and was like, I have to look like them or I, I don't pass? Almost all of them. <laughs> all of them. I like especially the the higher ones that's popular, like really, really popular. I would try to compare myself and look at myself and look at them and be like, Yeah, mm, I don't look like you and I'm upset with myself. <laughs> it's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. That. Yeah, it is hard. Trying to have patience with your journey and you're looking at other people's journeys and theirs look how you want it to look and it's just a whole bunch <laughs> and like you try to be happy for them but on the inside you're like this should be me like this yeah. should be where I like I should be here in my journey and I absolutely feel that absolutely feel that because I do that all the time like for example I look at Aiden only Aiden and I'm just like that should be me that should have been me. And I've been watching him for a minute. So even when he wasn't, before he was even on T when I was watching him, I'm like, I should look like that. Like, I should look like that. And I was like, and he's like, I'm not even on T yet. I'm like, I should look like that, right? Devin, you know, I'm like, you like him too. And especially because, now I have another question. When you, when you would go and research and go on YouTube to look up trans men, what was the only, like, what demographic of trans men did you see? Like race, yeah, white, yeah, and I, I love all my trans brothers and sisters, all ethnicities, all races. But I need to say, I'm very proud of the black community, of the Caribbean community, of the African community, all of the trans people of color finally being comfortable enough to posts on Instagram to make YouTube videos to become a demographic because you know how sucky and I know you know how sucky it feels to go and try to find somebody on YouTube that looks like you and mm -hmm. you're only getting white trans men and it feels like their 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 transition was just so fast but then when I finally did see black trans men it's like theirs took but for me, and a couple of them that I, I saw felt like it took longer, right? Yeah. And they can live in the exact same state. And I know people are like, oh, you know, everything's different. Absolutely. And maybe it's just the way they do their videos. Maybe it's just the way, you know, the time gaps of videos. But for me, it's just like, I watch them like, dang, like, this other guy already got his surgery. And you're still waiting for yours? Like, why? Right? But I'm really, I'm really sad. Like, I feel like I really can't relate and stuff to the white trans man I just feel that way like it's not it's not like that but it's like 
when they talk about their transition and you have the people of color that talk about their transition, it's like, I don't know how to put it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's like it's, it's more relatable. Yeah, it's relatable. Because you, you see yourself in them. You see you see yourself in them more than you see yourself in, you know, the the white community, the white part of the community. And that's absolutely true. Cause I feel like if I was in a room and I had to speak about my transition, I'll be a little uncomfortable if I'm like I'm the only black person, the only trans person of color. But even if and even some somewhat, I'd be a little uncomfortable in the trans men of color circle because I'm like, dang, like I feel like everybody's saying everything that I need to say, right? But I feel like if we come together as, you know, diverse, you know, I feel like then it brings out a bigger conversation because now we're hearing multiple sides, it's not just one circle. And for the longest time, I felt like, I felt like I shouldn't have to type in black trans man in order to find the black trans men. Right? Like, I feel like I should just have to type in trans man and trans men and all of them should pop up, right? And I, that's when I feel like the community divides a little bit because as a, even as a community, we're together, but at the same time, we're divided. Without, I feel like without us realizing it, because you don't talk about it too often. I don't see a lot of people um, talk about like the race thing in the trans community. Um, but for me, just because, you know, I watched... I guess the whites, the white can part of the community and the trans, like the color, the the trans of trans men of color side, like I I can see the difference, right? Like the views are absolutely different. Like some some people get like ten thousand views, and you go to the other side, it's like only eight hundred, right? But they can have like around the same amount of followers, and like maybe and they can have the same topics. Um, but I'm honestly glad for people like uh, Rosaya. Um, He's absolutely great. Devin, uh, Prince Kyle. Um, um, Jay, it started with a J. I feel like I know who you're talking about. Because um, we like, had this same conversation before, but we were trying to figure out who this person was. I'm trying to think. You got braids, waves, waves. Jason, yes, <laughs> yes. He he's a good one too. Absolutely, like I love watching her videos. I love seeing all that. Like I need them to keep going. And any new trans creator, any new trans creator, good shout out to you because it's hard. Um, and that's why honestly, like my Instagram account fluctuates when when I post about trans stuff because. I, I'd be scared, right? I feel like, you know, one day I will I will post about it and it, you know, like I can't deal with that hate. You know, like I can't deal with the attacks and, you know, like I do get on, like I know, I don't know if you do, but I do get uncomfortable messages where it's like, hey, you gotta, you know, like they're asking about my genitalia. And I'm like, bro, I don't know you. Like, I don't know you. And you're asking about that. And I really ruined my mental health because I'm like like dang like I don't be I don't think about my bottom dysphoria now you got me thinking about my bottom dysphoria why do you got me thinking about my bottom dysphoria right or like my chest dysphoria and I feel like how does your dysphoria play into your mental health (laughs) pretty it had a big effect like a big effect and it's it's not as bad as it was because you know I try not to think about it, 
but it would affect me to the point where I didn't want to take showers in the light or I didn't want to be around people or I didn't want to see myself or mm. I just couldn't sleep. But yeah. now I kind of just say, listen, in the future is going to happen. I'm going to get that surgery. Every, almost a lot of guys have a chest just like me. That's what I remind myself. Like it's guys that have a chest too and they get surgery. But it takes a toll on your mental health if you really let it. Like that shit. And when and when can you talk about a time where it did take a big toll over your mental health? Um when I first came out as trans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Around that time I was in a relationship. And this is what when I first um found out about packing and binding and stuff like that and I didn't have those things so it was like what am I going to do I have to make my own I was trying to make my own packers binders <laughs> don't worry really, about the packers man I made so many <laughs> out of socks and everything yeah just not having those things when not, not having those things we have dysphoria mm. fucks you up like I just first came out and I don't have the things to help me with my dysphoria Mm-hmm. that's when it really got me when I first came out that shit was big yeah I absolutely feel that what about you um so when I first came out the first thing um for the longest time um I was really fine with my chest um especially when I started developing because I was into wrestling so, you know, like, like I got to take my bed off, like, my frame. I had to throw it on the floor. I had to do flips or whatever, and I had to be shirtless, right? And I was, and I was fine, even, like, the little growth I had because there was one of my favorite wrestlers, his name was Curtis Axel, and he had, like, a little chest. Like, he would jump around, and like, his little chest would just be, like, jumping. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. Like, it's normal. It's normal. Because even in my mind, even though people are like, you're a girl, you're a girl. In my mind, I'm like, I'm a guy. I just don't have everything that a guy has. Like, I'm a guy, right? So I'm like, yeah, like, it's absolutely fine. Like, I got this little chest. But as it started to continue, it started to, you know, hit puberty more. And I'm a late bloomer. So, like, I was very lucky that I didn't start any menstrual cycle until I was, like, 15, right? And I cut it, like, soon, like, I was like, ah, I can't bleed. I hate bleeding. And it made me so dysphoric that, like, I'll curl up in a ball and I'll cry for the entire time I had it. And I only had it for like a few days. Like it never lasted a week, but I'll cry because I'm like, I was doing so fine before you showed up. Like, why did you have to show up? Like, why do you have to remind me that like, this is a part of life. And after a while, like I started to kind of like when I, you know, I take birth control until I take testosterone. And even if I start taking testosterone, my doctor said I can stay on birth control if I was to date somebody with, um, you know, that other genitalia, right? So I was like, okay, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so trans, but uh, whatever we're comfortable with, right? So now I started to really just kind of be like, you know, there's trans, there's, there's men out there that bleed. We bleed sometimes. Right. And it's like I see it as like the way of progressing myself instead of a way to like deteriorate myself. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think this is this is it. But before for like the longest time, like I cry. And like you said, like I, I hated showering. Like I'll be in the shower, like and then as soon as I finish with the my top, I'm like, all right, now I can shower. So I had to listen to like now I have to listen to music and I have to just be there or like it sucks for me. It absolutely sucks for me. Um but yeah, but I just remember, especially like the trance tape was so helpful. Now I was like, yo, if I work, I work out this chest good enough, I don't even think I would need top surgery, you know, because like a little tape won't hurt, right? But it, I think at the end of the day, I think I might still get top surgery just because like I just want to make sure that I'm flat. And the only thing I got in there is muscle, like no tissue, no nothing. I just want muscle, like no breast tissue like that, you know, so yeah. But it definitely did take a big toll. That once a month thing. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm getting no more. And for any trans man that still does get it, that does not make you any less of a man. Because that's people we bleed, right? And that 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 cycle, that shark week, is just showing you that you are a strong guy. Because not a lot of men can handle that. Men can't even handle pregnancy cramps, but we we can. We're 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 men. We're strong that we deal with that, and we have dealt with it. You know, like we we're good. So any man out there that still has a shark week, that has a menstrual cycle, has a cycle, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say the P words. I know a lot of trans men go, ugh. I go, ugh, when people will even mention it. Um, but nah, I think absolutely having that still makes you a man, makes you a tough man, makes you badass because not a lot of men can handle that. And you do it with ease, you know, like people can't even tell. Like, you know, so it's like... Don't 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 be too hard on yourself. But we got four minutes, so I think we should close out. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I, I guess we could say you know thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and we'll be thank back. Thank you guys yeah. for watching and listening. Yeah, and we'll be back soon with another topic.